Hi, I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. I'm joined today again with Scott Stedman, and uh, we're continuing our series about this relationship of hopefully cooperation between the, the senior pastor, the lead pastor, and the sports minister as well. So hopefully you're watching this if you're a lead pastor uh, and or a sports minister, and maybe even watching and discussing together, because we we hope it's very practical, because we know that this is a uh, this is a reality for a lot of churches and a lot of multi-level staff. And so even if you don't have a paid uh, sports minister, um, we know if you're overseeing anyone as a leader, we think there's some principles here that can certainly uh, help us all out here. So Scott, we're going to dive right in. Um, I know we kind of talked about last time how both of us have been in several different chairs of leadership. So we've been leading churches and we've been under leadership. And I, so I, I think there's a lot of helpful things that can come from this. And we started last episode, the six C's of cooperation for the senior pastor to make it worthwhile and make it super effective and even maybe even a little fun for the sports minister. And so we're going to go to the fourth C here today. And that C is this, to communicate clear expectations for the sports minister. And Scott, before I turn it over to, to you, I want to kind of paint a picture. Um, maybe you find a sports minister, you hire them, or you have someone approach you as a volunteer within your congregation saying, hey, I really want to do this. I think God has given me a both a giftedness and a passion for this. Um, why is it important if you oversee anyone as a leader? Why is it important to clearly communicate the expectations for that person? Yeah, so the expectations are probably, I mean, really, it's to help give guidance to what the sports minister needs to be doing. Because if you don't give clear expectations, then two things are going to happen. First of all, the sports minister is just going to do what they think is best or what they think is going to be best for them and their ministry, which may not necessarily line up to what the lead pastor or even the leadership team, the overall leadership team, has envisioned this role, this person in this role. So if you don't have clear expectations, then, you know, you're kind of giving your sports minister either free reign or maybe there's someone who on the are someone who really wants to make sure they're doing their job right. So they're asking questions and all they hear is like, well, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. And it's like, okay, but at the same time, you're the lead. What's the vision of the church like? Or even if you pitch them ideas, even if you're someone like, well, hey, we could do this or we could do that. Whatever you think is best, 
Well, I think both options are best. What's going to work best for you and what's going to work. So I think clear expectations is really going to get everyone on the same page. At the same time, for the sports minister, clear expectations is going to kind of give them a good sense of culture within the church. If you have a lead pastor or a governance team that is giving you these expectations and you feel like that they are high expectations or unrealistic expectations, you might kind of be like, okay, well, here's re you might educate them. They, maybe they could be ignorant and you're going to educate them going, hey, that's not really how this works. Or you're kind of going to be like, you know, I don't think this might be the right place for me. So it saves you a bunch of heartache and headaches of getting somewhere and you go, ooh, this is not what I thought this was going to be. <laughs> And that's yeah, it. Yeah. Basically, in a nutshell, probably the most I've talked, the less I've talked so far in these the series. No, no, I I think it's good. I you know I think for for anything, um, communication for any relationship obviously is super important, and you want to bring clarity to the situation. So I think I think you explained some some things very well there. And you know I I think as as we think about bringing someone on board, so if we're hiring mm -hmm. someone. Or we are empowering them as a volunteer to lead these types of, of ministries. Well, then let's lay out, okay, hey, we we expect one program, one camp, one league per quarter or something like that. Like, look at the reality of your church, the size, the resources, all of that. And also the sports minister schedule and their, their reality. We'll talk about that here next. But like, think about all that you've got, think about what you need to clearly communicate, because just like you were describing, if it's not clearly communicated, you're going to be guessing um, if, if you're the sports minister, what the senior pastor wants. And if it doesn't connect, then there could be problems. And so as those, as, as the lead, make sure you're clearly communicating, hey, we, we really want you to focus on these three things. And we want you to do those three things well. And so any sort of communication and clear expectations, it really, it, it helps prevent any issues that could certainly crop up over time. And so I think we got to be really careful to make sure that we do clearly communicate what that looks like. Scott, this next one, I think there could be a lot of really practical things that we could focus on here. But as the senior pastor, we need to consider the sports minister's reality. And what I mean by that is, okay, are they married? Are they single? Um, are they a student? Like I remember when I first started out in sports ministry, I was a graduate level student. I was coaching football um, and I was leading the sports ministry at my local church. So just the reality of the sports minister's schedule, think about all that. And Scott, I would say even very practically, Think about, okay, when you should plan staff meetings in light of the sports minister's responsibility. For example, if I know that my sports minister, that they, they have leagues in the evening, well, I probably shouldn't be calling an 8 a.m. staff meeting, and I shouldn't expect them to be at the church for 12, 13 hours. Like, that's not fair. So maybe I consider what their reality is, and I, I shift Hey, I like meeting at 8 a.m., but he or she can't be there or it's not fair for them to be there. So let's bump it to 1 p.m. So, Scott, as you think about being in the senior pastor's chair, why is it important 
for you to consider the sports minister's reality? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think a lot of times when we think about ministry, there's always a big issue. And maybe it's just the culture. Maybe it's just the the minister in general um, by not working the hours that they need to work. You know, if you're required to work 40 hours a week, most ministers are probably putting double that. If we're going to be honest. Um, (laughs) And so when you think about the things like as a, as a lead or as, as if I was a lead, if I had, you know, three evening meetings on a Monday, then I had to make sure either a, I'm taking the whole afternoon off because I know I'm going to be three hours in the evenings and I'm going to be away from my family. So let me take three hours of my time to be with my family or I'm just going to take three hours off in the morning. So then I'm not heading off to work right at like nine o'clock because I need to have that rest. I need to have that time and, and try to be stabilized in my hours. Now, reality is we cannot all do that. There's going to be some times or some situations, especially for the sports minister. If you're running leagues, you're running games, you could be doing that for six hours. That doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, okay. Well now I have to get that six hours back, but on one day, you may just kind of slowly during the work week, take some time to kind of rest and relax or do something. But I think when it comes to the sports minister, you know, if I'm having a bunch of evening games, basketball games, and I start at five and I go and I'm hustling up and down the court, refereeing, talking with parents, doing that. And I'm doing that till midnight. There's no way I'm getting up early no. to make a nine o'clock meeting. No. Nope. I'm going to, or if I, because here's the thing, you may be annoyed, but if I show up to that nine o'clock meeting, what fruitfulness am I going to be contributing to that meeting? Yeah. Like, I mean, for an example, I had a youth retreat last weekend. Um, We're at Cedar Point all day on Monday. I got back, you know, at a decent hour, got back at seven, but I went to bed. I was so tired. I went to bed. I woke up. I still felt tired. I knew I had staff meeting at 10. I also knew I had the devotions at 10. And I was thinking, oh, I really don't want to go to staff meeting, but I have devotions. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll force myself to go. And thankfully, if it wasn't my son getting sick and vomiting, so he couldn't go to school, I could say, okay, I can't make staff meeting. My son's sick. Not, I'm really tired. But luckily, my lead was like, oh, you know, I'm still... I'm still out of town. I'm not going to get back to office. We're just going to cancel staff meeting this week. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. But I <laughs> felt bad saying, I'm really tired. I don't want to come into the staff meeting today, even though I have to do the devotion this week. But but I think, but I think when you have that openness with your lead pastor, and I think if your pastor knows, and and you know, I have a good, I have a good lead that they know, like, man, you've been busting your butt all week, and I seen you. I was up there. I know what you did. You know, take it easy this week. I know you have, I mean, try to get the bare minimum of stuff you need to get done to get stuff ready for Sunday, but, you know, take it easy. Like, like yeah. chill, you know? And I think as a, as a lead, you have to realize that not only is it the sports thing, but they have families too, just like you. Yep. Yep. They have families too. So sometimes, yeah, they may not want to come in for a meeting because they're tired, but you know what? Maybe they want to spend a little bit extra time with their spouse before 
they have to go to work. So they don't really want to have to say, okay, bye, honey. I got to go to work, even though I'm exhausted from things. And I know you haven't really connected with me because I've been running these leagues for a couple of days straight. Like, you know, I think, I think we have to kind of put things, even though it's ministry and it's very easy, we can get into the mindset. Well, Hey, we're doing this for the Lord. So we got to be sacrificial for the Lord. It's like, well, yeah, but if you want longevity in ministry, if you want fruitfulness in ministry, you have to be able to take care of things. I think back to like Mark six, where Jesus tells the disciples, you know, come away with me and find rest, go to a secluded place, find rest. Like Jesus talks a lot about rest and model rest, even though he was in the thick of ministry within those three years, like take, Take time to rest. Take time to rest and relax and connect with God. And don't feel like you have to get too caught up in the busyness of ministry life. Yeah, and I think for the senior uh, or the lead to um, to both model that and to communicate that is is key. Um, and I, you know, I as as you were talking, I was thinking about some of the things that I want to be careful of. You know, when when I have people that are are under me that are that I'm leading especially if it's a sports minister, um, don't give that person a bunch of busy work if it's unnecessary. All right. So I know we all have to share our goals and how we're doing on our goals and things like that. So so maybe that's a once a year type thing with your sports minister. And then the rest of the year, it's just a verbal check-in. You know, maybe it's a quarterly check-in because again, if you consider their reality, well, they're they're running this league. They're trying to find referees. They're uh, in many cases, they're doing multiple jobs. Maybe they're the youth and the sports ministers. So they've got that yeah. going on. Um, I also think very practically for a lot of leads, our summers look a whole lot different than our sports ministers or our youth ministers or our children's ministers in that. OK, maybe maybe the church has built into your schedule a summer study break. Or maybe you get to go on a mission trip, but you're not leading the trip. You're just a part of it. Whereas a lot of people in sports ministry, the summer's their busiest time of of, of the entire year. They're running multiple mm-hmm. camps. They're they're finding resources that are needed for these camps. They're they're exhausted. And so maybe if you consider their reality, you you think about okay, so maybe we shouldn't plan that big back to school bash. Um, at the beginning of the school year for the community, or or if we do plan it, don't put a lot of responsibility on the sports minister because he or she just had a crazy summer and they need to catch their breath. So maybe a good break for them is heading into the school year as summer ends. So we want mm-hmm. you as, as the, the overall leader of your church and the person who oversees that sports minister to consider their reality. Even more practical, Scott, you you use the, the illustration, you know, they have family too. They, they have a family too, but maybe they don't have a family. Maybe, maybe they're single. And so if they're single, we also need to consider that reality. Let's not take full advantage of them so that they have no social life and they, mm-hmm. they can't get out there and meet someone because we had them at the church for, for all these different things that are happening. So consider their reality. And Scott, the the last C I think goes alongside of, of everything here, uh, and it, it basically I just use one of the words. It's come alongside and disciple mm. the sports minister, and I I use this uh, this idea of a map, and map stands for provide mentorship, accountability, and 
prepare a pipeline for other sports ministers. So come alongside them and disciple the sports minister and pro pro provide a map. And Scott, as you're thinking about different examples, I, I want to kind of share a few things that are on my heart with this. And it was when I was starting um, as a sports minister, you know, I, I was desperate for uh, an older veteran to come alongside of me, put their arm around me, show me the ropes, uh, check in on me, make sure that I was following Christ and, uh, you know, being uh, involved in my own spiritual disciplines and growing. And and thankfully, I found, I found that in another sports minister and then eventually through CSRM, a network of sports ministers. So uh, that, that certainly helped me. Was it super intentional? Maybe not. But as I think about the current reality of where we are, we have a lot of young people who are desperate for leadership. They're desperate to be led. They're desperate to be mentored. Um, if they're growing in Christ, they want some guardrails. <laughs> they, they want to know, hey, here are some pitfalls that Satan wants you to fall into. And here's how we want to help protect you with this. And we also know very practically, we need to prepare a whole new generation of ministers, whether they're in sports ministry or not. The pipeline, Scott, is it's shrinking and it's scary. The amount of people who are graduating from a Christian university in a degree of theology or something with ministry is radically decreasing. I know in my own movement of churches that I'm a part of, you know, our, there's several Bible colleges that have closed their doors, and even those universities that are continuing on, the amount of people who are choosing education or business as opposed to ministry is drastically different. And so if, if you think about the, the, the lines in terms of, of, of ministry, well, the lines are going down. The pipeline is shrinking. We don't have a lot of people that are choosing to be involved in sports ministry. So if we're if we're a lead, we want to come alongside some people, maybe who are volunteering, or maybe they're a high school athlete and they show some promise for sports ministry. We want to come alongside of them and begin to help them to choose ministry now. And so, Scott, when you think about this, this idea of coming alongside mm -hmm. and discipling, providing this idea of a map, what comes to your mind? Why is this an important issue for the senior pastor? Yeah, so this is very important because you have to remember that very few times do you have people who, when they go into ministry, they start off as the lead. Most of the time, when someone starts off in ministry, they are starting off as a auxiliary staff whether that's community outreach, whether it's youth pastoring, sports minister, et cetera. And then eventually, you know, if God still called them the ministry and they still have the passion, eventually they become the lead. Um, so mentorship is important because you're really mentoring the next generation of ministers. And the nice thing about mentoring is I, the way I kind of do my process of mentoring is like almost like the role of a Sherpa, um, you know, the guides who help people climb Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, you have one person who's, sometimes you're the person who's just kind of looking at the landscape. You're ahead of everybody. You're just seeing what's out there. You got to make decisions, kind of say, okay, 
We're going to keep going forward. Okay, we're going to take it. We're going to take a time of rest. We got to reevaluate things, avalanches, whatever. We got to take it. Then you have that who's like walking along the side. You're there. You're talking with people. You're you're helping them. You're helping them grow. You're doing that. And then you have the ones who are those who are struggling, the ones who are can't keep up with the group that are kind of falling behind. You're out there. You're mentoring them. You're building them up. You're you're making sure that they're not left behind, that they're not going to left, be left on the side of the mountain or in the snow, that you know, you're trying to encourage them to bring them back into the fold of everybody else. So as a lead pastor, how that how that equates within your minister is, you know, sometimes you you have your role as a lead minister where you're kind of looking at the overall landscape of the entire church. And then there's going to be times where you're going to be ministering deep down with the sports minister, when things are going well, when they're doing good and, hey, there's this, that, and they're just feeding ideas, but you still want to continue to prompt them and help encourage them and help build them up and, and help them grow. And then there's going to be times where they're going to be down in the dumps for whatever, whether it's a mental health issue, whether there's some stuff happening in their personal life, whether, you know, they, they lost a parent or they lost a pet, you know things that are going to happen that's going to kind of or maybe they just have these feelings of being in or maybe they feel God's calling them to leave and go somewhere else and they're struggling with that because they really love doing ministry here and they don't want to leave like you know as a lead you have to kind of be there with your staff to minister and I know you have the important role of being everybody's you know spiritual parent in some ways you know young or old that's like the role of being the lead um, that comes in the territory, but you also have to make sure that you could take care of your staff because sometimes when you are building up those relationships, there could be times where, hey, someone could be sharing with me and I'm going, you know what? I bet you my sports minister could really speak into this person a lot better than I can. Yeah. And so you can kind of say like, well, hey, how about how about I bring my sports minister in so we could talk? And then you can find out that they have similar interests or they've been through some same stuff that they need to go through and they can talk about that. And then that kind of and and, and even in that aspect, too, just with the care, the spiritual care aspect of things, imagine the sports minister coming alongside the pastor, ministering to somebody who's going through a rough time in the church. He kind of offshoot the minister offloads this person to the sports minister. And now the sports ministers not only has someone that they're caring for, but now because of the strong relationship, they now have somebody who had maybe has a similar interest, or maybe this person was a division two, division three volleyball person. And now you have someone who can lead a volleyball ministry at your church and you don't have to do it because you maybe and maybe as a sports minister you're not good at volleyball you don't know anything about volleyball but yeah you have this person who does and you can just kind of mentor them to really take off and soar and then let's say you are the sports minister that's struggling about leaving well guess what you now have a team of people within the church of volunteers who have a certain sport who can do these things and then you can kind of feel confident saying okay i'm ready to go somewhere else for the Lord to use me to kind of build up their sports ministry because God has blessed me with people and with this, the the support of the lead pastor all the way down that I can leave this in this sports ministry program in good hands. And I'll still continue to thrive way before I'm gone. And that really does start with mentorship and mentoring people. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's, it's our responsibility if, if we are leading a staff or some volunteers to intentionally think about, okay, who's showing some potential, uh, some potential to being open to mentorship, whether they verbalize that or, or not. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's building a relationship with someone it's taking them out to lunch and you're mentoring them and they don't even know it. Or maybe you don't put those words to it, but you're just, you're, you're developing a person. And of course we see this throughout scripture. You know, I think about Paul and, and Timothy and, and things like that. And, and I, I think Scott, exactly what you were just sharing, even if you're a lead and you have no zero interest or experience in sports rec or fitness, but you've got this ministry going on and you've got these men and women who are leading it. Well, you certainly can mentor them and how to follow Christ. You certainly can mentor them in how to handle conflict. You certainly can mentor them in general leadership principles. Like, okay, this is how you, you get people to join your team. And this is how you can recruit volunteers. This is how you can correct someone if they're a little off base. Like there's things that you can do that for the person entering into ministry or stepping into a role for the first time, no matter their age and no matter your age, you can pour into them. And friends, that is, that's our responsibility as leaders is to provide that sort of insight, not only for the congregation, that's a huge part of it, but especially for your staff and, and volunteers who directly report to you. And so we pray that you will consider how you can provide that map, how you can come alongside your sports minister. Scott, unfortunately, we're out of time. Oh, darn. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully this has been a really practical thing for a lot of the, the lead ministers out there, lead, lead pastors. And here's what we're going to do for the next several episodes. We're going to hear from some sports ministers who are currently doing this, and we're going to hear from their perspective how things can look in terms of cooperation from the sports minister to the senior pastor. And so we hope that you'll join us. We, we hope it'll be a great conversation, very practical. And we hope that you, if you're listening to this or watching this, that you'll invite others on your team to join you. So whether you're a sports minister, a lead pastor, a volunteer, a coach, whatever within your church context, we think that this series of podcast episodes is really valuable. And so we pray that you'll join us next time. Hey, we're cheering your, you, you on. We're cheering your church on. And if we can provide any sort of consultation or coaching for you as a lead pastor or as a sports minister, would you reach out to us through our website, csrm.org? Uh, not only Scott and myself, but we have people with decades of ministry experience on our staff or who are connected with us that would love to pour into you. And so if there's anything that we can do to help your current context, just know that we would love to talk. So reach out to us and uh, we'll see where the Lord directs all that. So that's it for today's episode. We sure hope you'll join us for the next very exciting uh, several podcast episodes as we continue to delve into this topic. Take care and have a fantastic day. The CSRM Podcast is a production of CSRM and their production house, Overwhelming Victory. Dr. Greg Linville is the executive producer, and Scott Stedman is the associate producer and editor. To learn more about CSRM, visit csrm.org. For more information about Overwhelming Victory, visit overwhelmingvictory.org. 
The CSRM Podcast is the flagship member of the podcast network, Overwhelming Victory Radio. For more information on Overwhelming Victory Radio or to listen to our partner podcasts, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash OV radio. For CSRM Podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a blessed day.